let's go to the States. Joining us now is TVNZ US correspondent, regular guest on the Weekend Collective, Anna Burns Francis, who's going to bring us up to speed. And, and I love the States, and it causes me enormous stress when I think that its democracy is, is in genuine peril. Um, and I'm hoping I'm exaggerating, but I fear I'm not. Uh, Anna, bring us up to speed with how Republicans have labelled January 6th and the attempted coup, the insurrection uh, at the Capitol, as quote-unquote political discourse. Yeah, I'm not sure the latest developments are going to make you feel any more uh, or less secure, really, about the state of American politics there, Tim, because you're right. They've labelled it legitimate political discourse. Now, they say that they're talking about the majority of people who went to that attack on the Capitol that day, but I can tell you as an up-close observer from having been on the Capitol grounds for the duration of that attack, I don't think I would be using the words legitimate political discourse. This happens, obviously, happened rather a couple of years after Black Lives Matter protests started, and we saw how those were carried out, and they certainly, Republicans weren't defending those as legitimate political discourse. But nonetheless, the Republican Party has made this claim of, as part of censuring two Republican senators who are taking part in that committee that's investigating the attack on the Capitol. So there's only two Republicans that volunteered for this, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And so the Republicans overall aren't very happy about this appearance and they've labeled them what we call rhinos in America, Republicans in name only, and the censuring has come part of it. The awkward part, uh, particularly amongst the Republican party at the moment, is this infighting. So the chair of the Republican party who put out the statement censuring the two Republicans and saying it was legitimate political discourse happens to be the niece of Senator Mitt Romney, who went on to tweet that what the actions of the Republican party that afternoon were a great shame on the country you've got to think the next family gathering is going to be a bit awkward if they can't even agree on where they stand on politics in this country what about the what about other prominent republicans is there is there a deep divide or are most republicans rolling in behind this sort of bollocks well there's a really interesting shift actually because you've got a couple like liz and adam who have really put their necks out and probably uh, at their own peril, really, in terms of I don't necessarily know the deep dive of their own states coming up for, we've got midterms coming up at the end of this year, you know, but there, if you're a Republican up for re-election, now is not the time to be really lighting fires. You want to be maintaining a step back and just try and keep out of this conflict between the Trumps, the very obvious Trump supporters and the ones who are vehemently opposed to him being the leader of the Republican Party. And you do find a lot of Republicans doing that a bit. And we saw the same thing happening with January 6th. They sort of mm, just mean, oh, I'm not available for comment, or they don't tweet about it, or they don't raise any issues about it. They just try and, oh, well, the election was the election. And I guess we have to... Then you see people like Mitch McConnell who flip-flop all over the show. One minute they're supporting him, the next minute they're not. And then, of course, we've seen uh, Mike Pence recently, uh, as of Friday, come out and say that there was that President Trump was absolutely wrong. There was nothing that he could do to overturn the election. Uh, well, do you want to know what President Trump did in return? Does anybody <laughs> care these days? Oh, tell us. Oh, what, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> It's a little hard to find out because I send all of those emails. I get so many of them. I just send all his press statements to a separate folder. I've just opened it up. I've got 1,222 that I haven't read. Oh, no. So I managed to find this one. Uh, so <laughs> he called Pence the automatic conveyor belt for getting Joe Biden elected. Of course, he has to come up with something because he leaves no criticism unanswered. 
but of course he just lacks an out a vehicle for yeah. putting out these views L these days other than an email I, I think as much as i always like to think or i like to naively hope that you don't have to remind people about some of the grubbier details and of these sorts of events and just assume that that most of us recall you know it, it, it is actually important to not assume that and to spell out that Pence's life was really potentially in danger on January the 6th. You know, there, there were people who were after his, his head, quite literally, uh, as uh, was the case with Nancy Pelosi. You know, for this to happen in the US Capitol um, can never be characterised as political discourse. This was and I think, yeah, a political coup. Everybody was in shock a little bit that day because you didn't really realise the scale of it um, or, or the fact that it was just so unexpected. You know, we'd been at the rally earlier that morning and it had been a bit angsty, but, man, you got up to the Capitol and it was just like a scene out of a war movie. It was absolutely insane. People were so angry and fired up. They were running on adrenaline. They were furious. They were vitriolic. They were armed. There were a lot of armed people up at the Capitol that day. We know that people went into the Capitol building with zip ties. Who takes zip ties to a rally? People died, not just Capitol police officers who died in the line of duty, but people who were trying to attack the Capitol got, died as well because they were making this full-on attack and the cops obviously took defensive action against that. You know, there's some really serious charges that people are facing. Lives were lost. Dozens of officers were injured and suffered post-traumatic stress disorder. It was a really terrible day in American democracy, not only at that particular site and exactly what happened there, but what that represented to people who voted or supported those views. How much, I don't know, this is a difficult question for you to answer probably, but obviously during the Trump reign, the politics, you know, people were seen to be heavily involved in either opposing or supporting Trump. Are people really heavily involved in politics or is a lot of this stuff sort of happening more in, oh, I don't know, I want to use the expression beltway, but, you know, within the fringes of social media, Twitter and, um, you know. and For sure. Mm. And I guess it was always, it is still happening, those conversations. But the thing you uh, get to understand about American politics is it's a very shallow space for the majority of the population. It's not based on policy. It's not based on the actual outcomes. We've just seen one of the best ever jobs increases as the country bounces back out of the worst of the pandemic. And people aren't talking about that. We saw Fox News preparing three hours of television coverage that this was going to be a fall in jobs numbers. And they didn't really, they had to really turn the Titanic around to, to present a new piece of information in the last 15 minutes of the show type attitude. So you still see these conversations happening, but people like Trump because he sounds like them. I think what you actually have in America is you have a generational poverty of education. Their education system is prohibitively expensive for most people to get to a college or university degree level. And as a result, they are invested in politics. It gave them a big talking point during two and a half years of a pandemic when everyone was stuck at home and started arguing over the laws of your state or the laws of the government. That's the other issue is the way they govern is particularly complicated here. Oh, and no. so it's a... Yeah, there is no consensus and there never will be. And there's not really meant to be in the way that the system is set oh, up. Oh, but we need, we need hope, Anna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was not meant to sound like it. Me hope, Joanna, by the way. <laughs> but, we, we, wow. but we do need it. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's TVNZ US correspondent Anna Burns-Francis. We'll talk again soon.